forever after the order of Melchizedek. Please be seated. Please keep your Bibles turned to Hebrews 7. We'll be looking at that chapter tonight. I have to confess, I'm a fan of Disney movies. I've got one tonight that perhaps you may have never seen. It's called The Kid. Bruce Willis stars in this movie called The Kid. Now, Bruce Willis plays an image consultant who lives a very lonely, empty life. He's an almost 40-year-old bachelor. And he's lonely until one day a little eight-year-old boy suddenly shows up. The little boy's named Rusty. And through the magic of Hollywood, Bruce Willis realizes that this little boy, that little boy is really him. Uh, that little boy grows up to be Rust. Rusty becomes Rust. And the little boy, he realizes it too. He starts going through the house and he calls out, Hey, Chester, Chester, here boy, here boy. Bruce Willis asks, What are you doing? And Rusty says, I'm, I'm calling my dog, Chester. Bruce Willis says, I, I've never had a dog. Hold it here. You mean you've never had a dog? Well, no, I've never had a dog because, uh, you see, I, I fly from city to city. Oh, you're, you're a pilot. Wow. I grow up to be a, a pilot. Wow. Oh, no, I'm, I'm not a pilot. I go from city to city to, to meet my clients. I'm an image consultant. So you're not a pilot. No, I'm not a pilot. Well, um, where, where's your wife? Uh, and she must have just stepped out. Uh, where's your wife? Bruce Willis says, um, I don't have a wife. I've never been married. The little boy says, okay, let me get this straight. I grow up to be you. I grow up without a dog, and I'm not a pilot, and I never get married. Wow, I grow up to be a loser. You know, some people, some people grow old, but they don't really grow up they actually end up being a loser. Because you are a loser if you never mature as a Christian. If you never mature as a Christian, you are bound to be a loser in life. How about you? Do you want to grow up as you grow older? Do you want to go on to maturity do you want to become all that God has called you to be? Well, the key, the key is focusing in on Jesus, whom the Bible describes as the forerunner on our behalf. We're going to be in chapter 7, but let's go back one chapter, chapter 6, verse 20. 
where Jesus has gone. To be in the presence of God, where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. He's a forerunner. Now, the Levitical priesthood, that high priest could go, only go into the presence of God once a year into the Holy of Holies, and that was by himself. But Jesus, he's a forerunner. What's a forerunner? That's someone who goes on before you and you follow him. We are to follow Jesus and one day we will be in the presence of God with Jesus. He is our forerunner. He is a different kind of priest. Chapter 7, verse 1. <clears throat> For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest, he was king, he's also priest of the Most High God, met Abraham, returning from the slaughter of the kings, and blessed him. Now, this story is actually in Genesis 14, uh, Lot, uh, Abraham's nephew, has been captured as a prisoner. And Abraham gathers up his men and they pursue these kings. They take them on in battle and Abraham wins the battle. And he brings Lot back to safety. And when he comes back, he's met by this king. This king, who's also a priest, a dual role, and he's blessed by Melchizedek. The name Melchizedek literally means king of righteousness. That's what that word means, going back in the Hebrew language. And also he was the king of Salem. That word means peace, shalom. So he was both the king of righteousness and he was the king of peace. Does that remind you of anybody that you know? <laughs> Jesus, right? Yeah, that's Jesus. Let's look at verse 3. <clears throat> or verse 2, I'm sorry. Verse 2. And to him, and to him, Abraham apportioned a tenth part. He gave him a tenth, 10% 10 of everything. He is first, by translation of his name, king of righteousness, and then also he's king of Salem, that is, king of peace. And Abraham gives him the tithe. Remember that. Now, verse 3. He is without father. He is without father. He is without mother or genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but resembling the Son of God, he continues a priest forever. A priest forever. This Melchizedek, he just shows up there in Genesis 14. And he's a priest. But he's very different from the Levitical priesthood that we will know so well in the 
Old Testament. Nothing is said in the Old Testament about his background, his, his parents, his ancestors, his birth, his, his death. Melchizedek, he just shows up. He was a forerunner for Jesus, for the priesthood of Jesus. If you want to grow up as you grow old, if you want to go on to maturity, then what do you do? You've got to depend on Jesus, the permanent priest. You see, Melchizedek was different. The priesthood through Aaron, the Levitical priesthood, was constantly changing. Priests would die. The next one would have to step up to serve. But now we have a permanent priest, someone who can represent us to God on a permanent basis. Way back in 1930, an artist decided to give a gift to the city of Borgia, Spain. What he did is he painted a mural on the side of a building. It was his uh, conception of Jesus. Now, we don't know what Jesus actually looked like, but according to this artist, this is his idea of how Jesus looked. Now, that was painted in the 1930s. And the weather and time, well, kind of did a number. You can tell that uh, it's kind of fading a little bit. A sweet lady, 80 years old, Cecilia Jimenez, she decided that something needed to be done. She decided that she was going to fix that painting. So one day, she shows up uninvited, unauthorized, and she starts to fix the painting. Here is her painting. Here's the painting after she fixed it. Okay? Not very good, is it? In fact, the BBC News called it the hairy monkey man, okay? You see, sometimes when we try to fix things, in fact, often when we try to fix things, it doesn't go the way we plan. You see, we can't fix life. We need a permanent fix. The permanent fix that we need is Jesus. He's our permanent priest. He's the one that can truly fix our problems. Depend on Jesus. Depend on Jesus because he is the superior priest. He is superior over the Levitical priesthood. Look at verse 4. See how great this man Melchizedek. See how great this man was to whom Abraham. You see, people of Jewish background, Abraham was pretty important. Uh, if the Jewish people had a Mount Rushmore, Abraham would be one of the faces on Mount Rushmore. But Abraham, Abraham did what? Abraham paid a tithe, paid gave a tenth of the spoils to Melchizedek. You always have the lesser giving to the greater. Always the lesser gives to the greater. Abraham the lesser gave to Melchizedek the greater. And those descendants of Levi, 
who receive the priestly office have a commandment in the law to take tithes from the people, that is, from their brothers, though these also are descended from Abraham. Now, the Levitical priesthood, uh, it was commanded of the uh, Jewish people to give a tenth to the priest, a tenth of their income to the priest. And they did. Verse 6. But this man, Melchizedek, who does not have his descent from them, he doesn't descend from the Levitical priesthood. The Levitical priesthood came in after Melchizedek. But this man who does not have his descent from them, he received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promise. The lesser gives tithes to the greater, and the greater blesses the lesser. Who is greater? It's Melchizedek. Who is less, lesser in this story? It's Abraham. Abraham. Verse 8. In the one case, tithes are received by mortal men, but in the other case, by one of whom it is testified that he lives. One might even say that Levi himself, who received tithes, he paid tithes through Abraham, for he was still in the loins of his ancestors when Melchizedek met him. Levi, in a way, paid tithes to Melchizedek through his ancestor, Abraham. So what is the writer trying to say to us? Melchizedek was greater than Levi. And because Jesus is from the order of the priesthood of Melchizedek, Jesus is greater than the Levitical priesthood. So we can rely on Jesus. He is superior, a superior priest. Furthermore, Jesus has a special talent. The man was Tony Lucado. He was perhaps baseball's greatest scout. He signed 52 players who would eventually become starters in Major League Baseball, including two that became Hall of Famers. Now, his territory was not in the south where a lot of ball players come from. His territory was not California where a lot of ball players come from. His territory was the north. Not very many players come from the northern part of our country. Now, how could he sign so many great future major league players? It's because Tony saw potential. He would look at a player, not where he was right now, but he would see the potential in him. He would see where maybe a coach could, uh, could help him to straighten out that swing or maybe improve that pitching form and, and it would help him to become a better ball player. Tony saw potential. Jesus sees potential in you and me. Jesus sees the potential of what we could become. 
That's the reason why He is superior. He sees your potential of what you can become. If you want to grow on to maturity, you need Jesus in your life. Furthermore, you need to depend on Jesus, the powerful priest. He's a powerful priest. Verse 11. Now, if perfection had been attainable through the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need would there have been for another priest to arise after the order of Melchizedek, rather than one name after the order of Aaron? The writer says, if perfection could have been attained through the old law, we didn't need a new law. If perfection could have been attained under the old law, then we did not need a new law. But guess what, folks? The old law, we couldn't reach perfection. The old law was a series of laws, a laundry list of laws that no one could keep. No one could fully obey. No one could actually keep it other than Jesus himself. It reminds me of the story of, of Patches. Patches was a little terrier dog. And Patches' owner, Margaret, she understood, she heard the, the uh, recommendation that if you give a dog a little bit of castor oil every day, it would help the dog, okay? So she said, okay, I'll do that. So every day she would uh, grab her, her puppy and she would hold that dog, you know, and she would force that uh, castor oil down that dog. The dog didn't like it. You know, the dog would squirm and fight. And, and one day the dog was kicking its legs and, and kicked the bottle. And the bottle just went tumbling across the kitchen floor. Well, there's a mess of oil now on the floor. So Margaret went to go get a mop. And when she came back with a mop, what did she find? She saw her dog licking up all the oil off the floor. You see, the dog didn't mind the oil. The dog, he didn't want to be held that way. He didn't like the application. That's the old law. The old law tried to force us into following rules that were not ever going to be fulfilled in our human lives. It was something that we could not do. And we needed a better, a better law. And that's the New Testament law. That's the law that Jesus came in to administer to us. That's why God made the change. Because as humans, we could not live up to all the rules of the Old Testament. It was just too many. But we could follow, we could follow this new law, the law of Christ. Verse 12, for when there is a change in the priesthood, now we've got a change in the priesthood. We go from the Levitical priesthood to the priesthood of Jesus. For where there is a change in the priesthood, there is necessarily a change in the law as well. For the one who whom these things are spoken belong to another tribe. See, Jesus was not from the tribe of Levi. 
He could not be an Old Testament priest. He's from the tribe of Judah. For the one who whom these things are spoken belong to another tribe from which no one has ever served at the altar. No one from the tribe of Judah ever served at the altar under the Old Testament law. For it is evident that our Lord was descended from Judah, and in connection with that tribe, Moses said nothing about priest. Legally, Jesus could not be an Old Testament priest. That's the reason why God changed the law. He brought in the new law, so now his son could be the perfect priest, the powerful priest. Verse 15. This becomes even more evident when another priest arises in the likeness of Melchizedek. See, Jesus is after that order. He is similar to Melchizedek, who has become a priest not on the basis of a legal requirement concerning bodily descent. The Levitical priesthood depended on the ancestry tree, the bodily descent going in the family. But this new priesthood comes in by the power of an indestructible life. He's a powerful priest forever. For it is witness of him, you are priests forever after the order of Melchizedek. How special was Jesus? Jesus was very special. The greatest man in history was named Jesus. He had no servants, yet they called him master. He had no degree, yet they called him teacher. He had no medicines, yet they called him healer. He had no army, yet kings feared him. He won no military battles, yet he conquered the world. He committed no crime, yet they crucified him. He was buried in a tomb, yet he lives today. He lives today. And he is the perfect priest for you and for me. A few months ago, I was in my car. I was traveling. And I noticed a, a, a sign that the highway department had placed on the side of the road. One of their highway projects had, had been completed. And the sign said this. End of construction. Thank you for your patience. And I thought, you know, that's a good way to sum up the life of a Christian. Maybe that's something that I want to put on my tombstone. End of construction. Thank you for your patience. Someday Jesus will finish his construction work on you and me. We just got to keep on trusting him. We got to keep on obeying him and we got to keep on serving him. Are you a Christian tonight? Last week we had one person become a Christian, Jim. We had another this morning to become a Christian. Maybe you are ready to become a Christian. 
Let me remind you of those easy steps to become a Christian. To believe, repent, confess, and to be baptized. Most of us here, we've done that. We're Christians. But are we living the Christian life? Can people see the difference that Jesus makes in our lives? Do we need to seek His forgiveness? 1 John 1, 9. Could this church pray with you and for you? James 5, 16. What is your need tonight? Where do you stand? Billy's going to be down here with me. We're going to be waiting for you to make that decision. If there's anything that we could do for you tonight, would you please come? We'll be standing and seeing for your encouragement.